second reading this morning is found in Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. The Resurrection. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like the lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angels said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you, have, that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasping his hands and worshipping him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see see me. There ends the second reading. Well, Gita, thank you for uh, reading uh, that wonderful passage of scripture for us this morning. Uh, Let's, uh, friends, come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this account of the resurrection of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that your spirit will speak to our hearts this morning, that you would encourage us, Lord, in our faith in Christ. We pray that if there is anyone here today who does not know you, that today such a person might come to faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that you give me the words to speak through the power of your Spirit, that you might receive glory and praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, our choir sang this morning, Come and see. It's wonderful to hear that our Savior Jesus Christ has indeed risen from the dead. And so today we want to come and see what actually took place on that first Easter morning. Today we celebrate one of the most important, significant events in the life of God's people, the life of Christ himself, and that is, is resurrection from the dead. And the news of this was not announced by some TV station, although at the time there was no TV stations, not some kind of reporter from Jerusalem. The news of the resurrection was announced from heaven. The reporter in this instance was an angel. An angel from the Lord coming down from heaven with a message of hope, a message of confidence, a message of renewal because the Son of God has been raised from the dead. And so that messenger 
brought some amazing news. Wonderful news indeed. That Jesus is alive. Well, we're going to look at our passage this morning. But before I do that, uh, let me just very quickly go through the context here. So that we look at our text, which is Matthew 28, 5-9 this morning. In in Matthew chapter 27, which we read today, uh, Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. And he gave up his spirit. And at that very moment, friends, the moment he died, certain spectacular things took place. One, at that moment, you can read about this in in Matthew chapter 27. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. These people came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and they in fact went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Just imagine that for a moment. Just imagine what that must have been. People who had been dead for many years, suddenly they're up and about and they're walking into the city of Jerusalem and said, Hey, I'm alive, I'm here. Amazing what has taken place here. We, what we see here is, is, is something that is going to take place in the future. So we have the first fruits, as it were, of, of the resurrection uh, that is taking place. And then, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified. And they said, surely he was the Son of God. And so we see, friends, that the earth shook when Jesus died. Creation was involved somehow with the crucifixion. God's son at the cross, the moment he died, the earth trembled. It shook. Now, after the resurrection, another earthquake takes place. And this time, sorry, after the crucifixion, another earthquake takes place. And this time, it is here at his resurrection. And what we see here is that both The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ were earth-shattering events. And so this morning, we're going to pick up the account by Matthew on another amazing event that took place after the crucifixion. And as I said, this is our text for this morning, Matthew 28, 5 to 9. I will read it. It's there in our Bibles. It's there on on PowerPoint as well. And two points, really, we're going to look at. Uh, The encounter that the women had with the angel, and the encounter that the women had with Jesus. That's what we're going to see this morning. The encounter that the women had with the angel. As we move to Matthew 28, we see that the women went to the tomb very early in the morning, after the Sabbath, to the dawn of the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Now what was on their minds? How how would you feel going to the tomb? What kind of expectations would they have had? Perhaps none. They, together with many other women, had witnessed the gruesome crucifixion of Jesus. This would have been extremely fresh on their minds. In fact, uh, we, we, we see this in Matthew, don't we? Uh, many women, Matthew 27, many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. 
Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. They had been watching from a distance what was happening to Jesus on the cross. They saw everything that took place. And friends, after his death, the body of Jesus was taken down by Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Jewish council, a wealthy man. He was, in fact, a secret believer of Jesus, a secret follower of Christ. And according to Jewish custom, the body would have been washed, and then the Bible tells us, it was wrapped with linen cloth. A shroud of cloth was wrapped, uh, wrapped the body of Jesus. And Matthew tells us that the body of Jesus was placed in a new tomb. And I make the point, it's very important, Jesus died. Okay? He was buried. He was well and truly dead. We must make that point here this morning. And the women were present at the burial of Jesus. They witnessed his death. They witnessed the crucifixion, of course. And they witnessed his burial. And the tomb, the Bible tells us, was sealed. And the Roman guards were placed at the tomb. Just in case his body was stolen. And we read in the, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, that these women had hoped to finish the process of anointing the body of Jesus with proper spices. In fact, uh, that's what we read in, in Mark chapter 16. When, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought, uh, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And perhaps along the way, they asked the natural question, who will roll the stone away? Who is going to move this massive stone that's placed in front of the tomb? Well, and guess what? Matthew tells us this. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came from where? From heaven. Going to the tomb, rolled back the stone. That's an incredible description here. And actually, not just rolled back the stone, but in fact sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. You see, the, the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled the stone away. His appearance was dazzling. His clothing was white as snow. You see, friends, for Matthew and the gospel writers, angels were very much part of God's plan in his son Jesus. I want to point that out this morning. Remember the angels? When did they come before that? When Jesus was born. Remember, the angels are the ones who are really involved in the Christmas story. And Matthew tells us in, in Matthew chapter 1, that it was the angel who brought the announcement of the birth of Jesus to Joseph. When the angel instructed Joseph and said, You shall call his name Jesus, for why? He will save his people from their sins. Already the announcement has been made by an angel. In the Gospel of Luke, we see that the angel announced the birth of Jesus to Mary. 
And Luke goes on to tell us that it was the angel who brought the birth announcement to the shepherds. The angel said to the shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel's birth announcement about Jesus brought good news, great news of hope, of joy, and of peace. The Savior was born. You see, friends, what happens on Good Friday? What happens on Easter? The Savior gave his life on Good Friday at the cross. And now comes the resurrection. So the angels rolled the stone away. He sat on it. What a sight it must have been. Just try and picture yourself there for a moment. And, and see this, this angel, a dazzling white. He moves the stone. And kind of sits on it. As if to say, well, I am the boss of this stone. <laughs> Try moving it. Now go and move it easily. I am sitting on it. What a sight. And imagine the shock and horror for the guards. What happened to these guards? You see, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. See, these were Roman guards. They were trained to stand up to anything. They would have turned back anyone who came close to the tomb. And no one, no one dared to challenge the Romans. You know that if you have been to Rome, you'd, if you've been to places like the Colosseum and other places, uh, you would see that the Roman soldiers, nobody dared to challenge them. Because they were the masters of torture. They would be destroyed. Their job was to ensure that the body of Jesus was in the tomb. But they could not in this instance stand against the power of God. Why? The angel from heaven has come. And these guards, these mighty men of valor, they fainted like dead men could move. You see, Friends, no one, no one can stand in the face of God's power. That's what we're seeing here. God is demonstrating a power that is beyond any earthly power. He's demonstrating a power through his creation. As I said, the earth was shaking. A violent earthquake took place when Christ died. And now with the resurrection, creation is involved. And now, at the resurrection, heaven is involved. You see, there is this, this connection. The angel of the Lord not only rolled the stone away, he made one of the most profound, the most wonderful news items of all time in the history of this world. And here it is. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell and so forth. What an unexpected encounter for these women. Do not be afraid, said the angel. He says, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. You see, I was, uh, as I was preparing this text, uh, it's quite an interesting passage. Elsewhere in the scriptures, the Bible tells us, that the angels are dared to look at what was happening 
to the, uh, to, to the Son of God. The angels were involved. And now the angel says here, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And we often think that Christ was all by himself at the cross. Yes, he was at the human level. But right there, even then, somehow, the angels would have been watching and seeing what was God going to do? What was his son? What was going to take place here? The, the son of God is being crucified. And he says, the, the, the angel says, I know you're looking for one who was crucified. And then, he is not here. He has risen. And there's a little phrase there. Don't miss it, friends, in verse 6. He is not here. He has risen. And the phrase is this. It's sort of an important part there as well. Just as he said. Just as he said. You see, what was taking place was this. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Matthew 6.21 From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And then what? And on the third day, be raised. That's what we see here. Let me, let me say it this way, friends. You see the text here. Matthew 16, 21 is, 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 is filled here with prophecy. We have the triumphal entry of Jesus. Remember? The crowds who shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna to the highest! What happened on Good Friday? When John preached, he said that. What were the words of the crowd? Was it Hosanna? <laughs> no, no. Give us Barabbas! The great exchange. Give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Here's the text. I must go. I must suffer many things. I must die. Jesus said. And now, he said, I will be raised on the third day. Just as he said. You see, the Christian gospel is based on fact. Not just fiction. It is based on evidence, as we will see in a moment. And this is the fulfillment of prophecy. I was, I was in fact reading Psalm uh, 16 this week as part of my devotions. And, and, and in Psalm 16, it's a messianic psalm. If you read it, you see, the Bible says there in Psalm 16, that my Holy One will not see decay, will not see corruption. Who is he talking about? Jesus. So prophecy has been fulfilled. And then, as we move on in this text, there are four imperatives here in this passage. I'm sure you can pick it up there. Where the angel said, he said, come, first one, see, second one, go, third one, tell, fourth one. So I'm, if you want to summarize this message, it will be saying, come, see, go, tell. Right? Come, see, go, tell, Jesus is alive. Alright, so if somebody was to ask you, uh, you went to church this morning on Easter, well, what did that guy speak on? Come, see, go, tell, Jesus is alive. Alright? You remember that? Might be an Easter egg for you for that. Not really. <laughs> come, see, go, tell, Jesus is alive. See, come. You see, that's the invitation. Isn't it? The gospel is about coming. See, Charles Spurgeon sums it up beautifully when he says, the gospel can be summed up in one word, come. Every other faith, and with respect I say that, will say, go and do this, that, and the other thing. And Jesus says, 
come. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, says God in Isaiah. Let's reason things out together. Let's chat things together. Come. That's the invitation. And the invitation here by the angel is, come, come, come. And, and, and he says, come into this tomb. What must have been uh, going on in their minds? And he says, see for yourselves. The body is not here. He is not in the tomb. See, when, uh, when we were in Europe recently, uh, we went to the catacombs. Uh, Rose and uh, Jess, they were scared. They didn't want to go in. <laughs> they decided to stay back. So, the macho guys, not the macho guys. Sean and myself, we thought, why? Man, we are going to go. We are going to go to the catacombs. I went down, went to Rome, and then went right down. It is a scary thing, if you've done the experience, you know what it is, to go right down and to see those tombs. And uh, in, in some of the tombs, uh, if you've been there, you know that there are skeletal parts still there in the tombs. You could actually see it. It's, it's not a very nice sight, but it's there. The bones are there. And you're right down there. Underneath, you're thinking, man, if this collapses, that's it. You're gone as well. And you see those things, and, 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 and it's just kind of scary to go down there. You see the skeletal structure, it's a weary feeling actually. Now here in this instance, what, what would the women have expected to see? See, the women saw no remains of Jesus' body in the tomb. It was, in fact, empty. In fact, if you read elsewhere, you see that the, the, the clothes were folded and kept neatly. That's a different aspect. But, but here it was, it was empty. And the women looked into the tomb and Jesus' body was not there. What would have happened? I wonder what they thought. And then, the angel says, go and tell. Come, see the evidence. Go, tell. Go to the disciples. Tell them. Now, the great commission of Jesus, what is it? The great commission? Go. Go into the world. And here we have this thing. Go. Tell the account. Tell the Easter message of hope. Tell the world how Jesus can transform lives. Tell the disciples. Tell the world. Friends, what a message we have to share. When you put on your TV sets, when you listen to the news, you almost want to not look at the first part of the news, don't you? On TV sometimes. Because the year of killings, the year of sadness, the year of domestic violence, we see oppression, we see brokenness in this world. And there is a message of hope. But Australia needs to hear is a message of hope. A message that Jesus can transform brokenness. Jesus can transform your life. He can transform your marriage. He can transform you as a person to be a child of the living God. Where your heart of stone has been taken and given a heart that is warm and that is beating and that is pumping spiritually for this great and mighty and powerful God. Because He loves you. And that is the gospel of the Christian faith that God so loved that he gave. Have you ever thought of God's personal, magnanimous, mighty and powerful love for you? 
Have you thought about that? How deep is God's love for you as a person? You see, the gospel is that. Christianity is about the love of God. It's about grace. It's about mercy. It's about forgiveness. It's about reconciliation. It's about hope. That's what we have here. Come, see, go, tell. And these women, they hurried away from the, from, from the tomb, afraid, afraid. Wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be afraid? If you just come across an angel who sat on the stone, the guards are looking like dead men. Come, see, go, tell. There are mixed emotions. And, 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 and Matthew, the writer, gospel writer, puts it here as well. They were afraid, and yet they were filled with joy. They hurried. And they are on their way to tell the disciples. And lo and behold, 8 and 9, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly, Jesus met them. You know, the, the, the original text, that the word that is used there is the word... Behold, it's, it's, uh, it's a suddenness with the intensity of that word there. Behold, look, Jesus stands. How is it possible? He met them right where they were. And notice what Jesus said. He did not say it is I. I am Jesus. No. He simply said, what's it? Greetings. Actually, the word that is translated there is not just greetings. The word translated there is the word rejoice. In other words, be joyful. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be joyful. You see, their hearts were heavy. There was sadness. There was despondency. There was discouragement, even disillusionment of following Jesus. We have followed him. We have seen from a distance. We don't understand this. Quite understandable. But now, here is the miracle of Easter, friends. Jesus standing in front of them. How is it possible that a man who was dead, buried in a tomb, now comes and stands? And the passage I read this morning from John what did we see there? That when the disciples did not want to believe him that he was a ghost, he said, can you give me some broiled fish? And he ate it. Can a ghost eat? Have you ever seen a ghost? I, I haven't. Maybe you have. I don't know. But I'm sure a ghost can't eat. It can't. Cannot. But this is not the ghost. This is Jesus. And he says, come see, look at my hands, give me fish to eat. And he ate it in their presence. As a glorified state of the body of Jesus, they could stand, he could come in through doors, locked doors, he could stand in their presence, he disappears. It's a body. And this body is pointing us to a body that will one day be ours as well. Because this resurrection is not just for the year and the now, Friends, I want us to see the resurrection story, the Easter story that is beyond the Easter message as well. Let's look into the future. I'll come to that in a moment. Rejoice, he says. The crucified one has burst 
through the strangled hold of death. Can you imagine that moment? He says rejoice. Why? Because he overcame death. He conquered the last enemy called death. He conquered the grave. You know, I was thinking about that this, uh, this week. You know, the grave. I mean, many of if you're a minister, or you, you've been to funerals, you, you see that grave. It's, it's a most it's a telling sight to see a grave. And that body is placed there and say, earth to earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. It goes down there and just brings tears because you lost a loved one. But you know, friends, for the Christian, death is not the end. You see, Jesus has conquered the grave because God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held there. The body of Jesus did not remain in the grave. And in raising Jesus from the grave, God declared every shadow of doubt that this son who was crucified by wicked men, was indeed his son. And according to various accounts, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, he appeared to the women, he appeared to Peter, he appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he appeared to the ten gathered in the upper room, he appeared to James, to Thomas, he appeared to five hundred at one time, and to Paul. Death has been conquered. That's the text, Paul says. What's it? Where, O death, is your victory. Where, O death, is your sting. See, that's the message, friends. The message of great hope. That when we trust him, we will not go to the grave alone. Let not your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. Believe in God. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for You, so that where I am, you also may be. So Jesus says rejoice. That's the joy of Easter. Are you rejoicing this morning? I don't know what state of our minds might be today. Maybe you've had a troubled week. Maybe you're flat. Maybe life is not looking up. Maybe everything is just a downer. And you ask me, Chris, how can I rejoice? What can I rejoice about? My life is broken, relationships perhaps, got illness, everything seems so down. What am I to rejoice in? Well, friends, I can only say this. You come to this Jesus. And you rejoice knowing this. That he will be with you. Always. And notice what the women did. They did not stop there, did they? They they worshipped him. That's what the text says beautifully. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. You know, to do that, they would have to go down on their, on their uh, prostrated themselves at the feet of Jesus and they worshipped him. What a picture. Are we worshipping this great saviour this morning? Worship even in spirit and in truth. Can you say this morning, Lord, I want to thank you that you have given up everything for a sinner like me. You've been raised from the dead. I want to worship you with my heart, with my gifts, with my talents, so that when you call me home, 
I will come and I will continue to worship you because worship does not stop here, friends. Right? Is that clear? <laughs> because in heaven, what's happening? When the Lamb is seated on the throne, who is around the throne? God's people, and they are worshipping the Savior. We'll be singing, we'll be worshipping, and worship will continue. And I was reading an article just this past week in preparation for this talk, where, where, where the, uh, the author says this. Now, there might be people who might say, I don't really care about the resurrection. It really doesn't matter to me. But I just want to say this. The author says this. I think you have to say it will matter to you. It will matter to you, whether you like it or not. You know why? Because one day Christ will return. And at the name of Jesus, what does the Bible tell us? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. They fell, they worshipped him. So as we conclude, friends, this morning, we worship him today because he's alive. We worship him because he is a living and loving friend. We worship him because he will never leave us or never forsake us. We worship him because he is our savior. It is very tempting to stop here and say how good that Jesus is alive. And stop with the Easter message. But that is not really the end of the story. There is more. Jesus was taken up to heaven. We heard when, uh, when Doug prayed, he was taken up to heaven. Ascended to the right hand. The Bible tells us that he will one day return. He will return one day. And then we will see him as he is. Come, see, go, tell. Jesus is alive. Wonderful news. And I pray this morning, only the Spirit of God can do that work in your heart. That you will cling to this Savior. And say, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to know you. I want to trust you. I want to honor you with my life. I want to serve you as my King. And as my Master. The one who conquered Death, the one who's raised from the grave, the one who intercedes for me, and the one who will embrace me home, take me home one day when he calls me to be with him. And when, I, when he returns, if I die before Christ comes, my spirit and the body will somehow be reunited. And we will have a new and a glorious body like that of Jesus. Excited? <laughs> Wonderful news? Yeah. Wonderful news. That's what it is. And friends, know this Jesus. Because to know him is to have life. And to have abundant life. Life to the absolute fullest. That's what Jesus can do in your life. And in mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the words of the angel to the women. Come, see, go, tell. Jesus is alive. Such wonderful news. Amazing news. Astonishing news. Our risen Savior. 
I pray this morning that through your spirit there is anyone here who does not know the love of God in Christ that today he or she might come to Jesus and worship him. To those of us who know Christ, encourage our hearts to come to see, to go, to tell, to worship this Savior. Fill us, Lord, with the joy of our Savior, that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Help us to rejoice this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.